Welcome, it's the Win Daily Show, brought to you by Win Daily Sports. I'm Matt Stryker, alongside the CEO, the author, the man, Jason Mizrahi. Jaybird, what's good? What's going on? Not much, man. We're we're shooting this late Thursday night. We got some football. We got some Jets and Giants. Um, unfortunately, the Mets did not win today because they didn't play for the first time. Um, so, my, Matt, you don't have to talk about the Mets today. We can skip the Mets and go right into the slate. Nice setup, boss. Really appreciate it. All right, so what we're going to do here today is we're going to look at the Daily Fantasy slate, but look at it upside down. And what I mean is we're going to start with the lowest-priced pitcher and move our way all the way up. And I just find that it helps me analyze and build lineups a lot better. So as a for instance, I look at the lowest-priced pitcher that I find to be intriguing. He also happens to be the lowest-priced pitcher of the day. It's Colby Allard, priced at 5500 throwing for Texas at Milwaukee. Outside of being excited just to see this kid, uh, I'm not going to take him at Milwaukee. I'm not going to even take him against the Brewer Bats, but I just think at 5,500, he's interesting. Some people may take him. I'm not. Your thoughts? Yeah, in a different matchup, you know, I've heard good things about this kid. Haven't seen him pitch live yet. This is not the segment to, to attack this guy with. You got Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, Yelich playing, too many lefty bats. Not a recipe for your first start. He can go out there, and Milwaukee does strike out a bunch of play, you know, a bunch of times, but not the guy I really want to attack in this kind of setup. All right, so I see that I have to go a little bit higher, and as I look, I look, I see at 5,900 is something that's intriguing. It's Jalen Beeks for the Rays at the Mariners. Beeks the lefty, 5-1 and one in ERA. Well, it's a 3.7. It's under 4. Um, maybe there might be a play here, Beeks, to pick on some of those Mariners bats. Maybe uh, Tim Beckham took everything out of his locker, wink, wink, and now the guys can't hit. Listen, Beeks is, you know, if you look at the overall stats, you know, 3-7 ERA, hangs in games. But on Fandle, you really want this quality start. You can't, like, I don't like to have a goal of reaching 20 points or 25 points. And that's what you really get with Beeks. You have a ceiling on him. He's never going to get you the quality start. He's not going to last more than four innings. Um, he has a tough time finding finding ways to win. So you're just hoping he goes out there and strikes out everybody he can in three or four innings. No, I'm going to stay away. You know, you have a couple checkpoints, you know, Seattle lineup, hitters park. I mean, not pitchers park. So it sets up well for him, but just not enough to, to get me enticed to go after him here. All right. So I'm going to climb a little higher up the ladder. Here's one that I think might be interesting. Priced at 6,600. It's J-Hop for the Yankees at the Blue Jays. Uh, is this a, a, a play for you against Sean Reed Foley? Or do the Blue Jay Bats, the Bo Bichettes, the Kevin Biggios, the Vlagaro Juniors frighten you here, and that's why Hap is priced at 6600 No shot. <laughs> no <laughs> shot. These young kids are balling, man. They're really Guerrero just tearing the cover of the ball. Bichette is breaking records. I don't know. I heard Ted Williams' name mentioned with him on some extra base stuff. Um, he's he's coming out swinging, you know, to come out and take all the fire away from Guerrero, hitting 408, four home, four home runs. Guy's just a stud, man. I didn't think, you know, I don't know why he was the last guy to get called up if this if he's better than both of them. Um, but the kid's crushing, and you know these are righty power hitters at this point with Bichette and Guerrero. And don't forget, you got 
you know, you got some other hitters that can hit on this team, you know, and Guriel and Biggio. I'm staying far, far away from Hap. Okay, so ticking further up the salary chart as we try to build off of a pitcher, a well-priced pitcher. On the other side of that Texas-Milwaukee game will be Gio Gonzalez at home against Texas Bats, priced at 7100 Just a, a quick little yay or nay. Is that sexy for you? Um, no, I, I, I never play Gio. I think, okay. you know how you have like a hatred for the Mets? I just have a hatred for for Gio and his DFS game. Like, he just nibbles and nibbles and nibbles. He has a trouble making it past, you know, four or five innings. He'll have these miraculous starts where he goes out and strikes people out. But, listen, he is a good value. You know, it does make sense. I do like attacking, um, you know, Texas from the left-hand side. Gio has been better, 3-3 year array. He has strikeout potential. I just hate the guy. I just don't like him for <laughs> DFS purposes. I just fade him every time out. And if he goes out there once out of every 10 times and he gets 40 points, that'll be the time I'll lose. But there's enough pitchers on the slate that just for me personally, I have a bias against him. I just don't play the guy. It's funny. You talk about it in, in the book, Win Daily. In Chapter 7, you talk about trusting your gut. So I, I hear you, man. You know, it's hard sometimes to make a play on someone. And it's not like having the, this vitriol for Gio Gonzalez is going to cost you thousands of dollars. It's just a guy you don't want to play. Uh, so speaking of hatred, the next guy on the value list for me, I want to know your thoughts. He's priced at 8400 He will be at home in Flushing. To face the Washington Nationals, he's Marcus Stroman. Are you playing him at eighty four hundred, boss? He's kind of priced out, man. I don't, I don't really buy him too much either. You know, he's a Long Island boy. He's playing for New York now. He definitely, it's his homecoming. There's, there's a lot of, you know, the Mets are hot. He's got to show up. But that matchup against Strasburg, you know, you were talking about it. Um, it's going to be a tough spot to get the win here. You know, and you want that W. I just don't see the upside here. And Washington is, you know, they're sneaky good. They they can get to hitters. They, they've played these Mets a bunch of times. They're going to be, even though as hot as they are, they're going to be an underdog because of Strasburg on the backside. Um, I wouldn't mind betting the Mets to win, but I'm not going to bet on Stroman here. There's a, there's a tough, you know, there's a tough little, you know, slate here where it seems like to me, we're going to get up to guys like Julio Tehran and right. Nick Darvish, you know, before, at 9,900 yeah. that look a little bit more like the right play than these guys in the 8,000, 7,000 range. How do you feel about, can you trust Darvish going against Cincy or Tehran versus Miami? You saw what Miami did. Um, they kind of got to everybody um, on Thursday night. How do you feel about Darvish and Tehran here? Darvish, no. Tehran, yes. He's priced at 9000 I was going to ask you next up the list if Brad Keller at 8800 was intriguing to you against Detroit Bats. That matchup, I, I've been trying to attack. So we're getting late in the season here, and you kind of know what you're getting. It's not like the first week out of spring training or the first month. The All-Star breaks over. These teams are playing for, you know, for pennants and wild cards, and teams like this kind of mail it in already. You know, so Detroit, trade away their best player. They're they're playing a little bit better as of late. Keller is super sneaky. You see Keller, he's not a sexy name. He's on the Royals. But if you look at his last five out of his last six starts, he's dropped 40 points. Um, went into Minnesota, seven innings, seven Ks. Um, Toronto, five Ks. 
Seven innings. Atlanta, seven innings, three Ks, no earned runs. Guy's been pitching pretty impressively. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. You know, I won't lie. I wish he was still in that 7,500 range, but at 8,800, he might be one of your safer safer floor plays where maybe you won't go out there and put up another 40 spot, but you could probably get a solid 25, 30 out of him. Um, the guy would probably pay a little bit more for and get a little bit better of a win percentage out of, and maybe some more strikeout potential would be Miley. Uh, Miley's only 9,200, and I think he provides a little bit more safety. You know, that $200 – to get to Tehran or the four hundred dollars to get to Miley, I'll probably still take the name appeal of these other guys over Keller. But how do you rate Keller, Tehran, Miley one, two, three? Yeah, exactly how they're priced. Uh, Miley ninety two, Tehran, Tehran nine, and Keller eighty eight. And if I was playing multiple lineups, which I normally do, three or four, uh, those would probably be the three starters. Because here's something else that I like to look at. I don't know if. If you do, man, I'll look at the top, and that's Walker Bueller at 11-4, and I'll look at the bottom, Colby Allard at 55, and I'll see that the difference is 6,000, and I'll split the difference and go to three, and I'll find an 88 $9,200 pitcher. I'll find and land at Brad Keller, Julio Tehran, and Wade Miley. And so that's exactly where I am right now. Everyone else is there. I don't like their matchups, or they're just too high-priced. So that's how I'm going to build my lineup today, somewhere with a 9400 to $8,800 pitcher. So let me ask you another tough question since we're playing no. the, the Matt Stryker value game, value play uh, of the day. I don't even know what you call it anymore. So everybody was... Keep going. I'll just do the music. So it's a perfect segue for this song because the guy I'm going to talk about is Drew Smiley. You were singing this bubbly Price is Right song or whatever the hell it was. Um, everybody got on the, the Smiley bandwagon. He came out against Pittsburgh, dropped 43 then he dropped 46 versus San Fran, and then everybody and their mother went and played him versus the White Sox. They said, okay, B. Worried about my mama. So everybody attacked Smiley, and everybody got burned because he let up like five earned runs in the first two innings. He held his own. He, he, he lasted five. He got seven Ks to preserve somewhat of a, of a game. Um, but now he's got that same matchup against San Francisco um, at San Fran. And I like Smiley for the best value of the day because I like I have career bias against Gio Gonzalez, but I really try to avoid the recency bias. So when when teams are if everybody's gonna jump on a guy, I'll try to find a reason to jump off. And if everybody have already jumped off, I might find a way to get back on Smiley. I think at seventy six hundred, he provides the upside at the price point because he had that bad start that I take him all day over Gio Gonzalez. And Archer's another guy that if you get him on his right day and he, yeah. he typically has right innings, and I know you love the Cardinals, so you're already getting upset about the call, and they're really fighting for you know the, those playoff spots against the, that terrible well, Mets team. Uh, unlike you, I don't, I don't, you know, freaking bet with like my heart. I mean, Dakota Hudson at 7,200 is not something that I'm interested in. Honestly, I just think you're going to go Drew Smiley at 76 and build a lineup around that and let's go look at some bats and see if we can't find that. But dude, I think that stinks. I like a Keller, Tehran, Miley something somehow. And what I want to What about Archer? That. What about Archer? Uh, no. Why, why, why do all I bite my righties, nose? All those righties in, 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 a, in a pitcher's park, they say, why? 
So I'm going to bite my nails at 7,700 to save 1,100. Now I need you to show me where that 1,100 is going to go because if it means I have a lineup with, I'm making it up. Mike Trout, Ted Williams, Ty Cobb, Ricky Henderson, Pete Rose. I'll say, okay, show me where that 1,100 is going. But right now, right, without so context, where, I don't need it. Where it's going to go, you know, if we want to, you know, divert into offense here. Um, and we do, let's just talk before we go there, out of the top end. Bueller versus Arizona, Bauer versus Chicago, Strasburg versus the Mets. I'm going to rule out Caleb Smith unless you, you think he's in that echelon. Robbie Ray against the Dodgers, I'm going to rule him out. Bieber versus Minnesota, I'm going to rule him out. It's a three-horse race, Bueller, Bauer, Strasburg, or do you got those other three in the mix? What, are you talking about for the chalk of the day? Yeah, no, it's those guys for sure. Uh, I think. Which guy, the top three, or do you, do, do you no. like? Strasburg, uh, Bauer, and uh, Bueller should outduel Ray. Ray can get you sneaky strikeouts, but maybe not against the Dodgers. Although I think at this point, and I've been watching a lot of the games, I don't want to say it, but a lot of guys are starting like to look towards September, not caring. They're kind of going up and, and giving that you know half swing and stuff. So, but nah, I'm going to get value elsewhere. But the three are the three. Okay, so those top three. So now we're talking about we're talking about hitters here. You got to like. Um, you mentioned the one guy's name, you know, you have the angels and Mike Trout going against Brian Johnson. So that's a spot we can look to. Attack. I was just picking it up. I, I, I'm going to want to attack, you know, I'll let you finish, but I mean, there's obvious ones for me here. I yeah. Mean, so you got the angels versus the Red Sox. And then you got the backside of that. You got the Red Sox versus Berea. And then you got the Yankees versus Reed Foley, which sets up well. And you got Houston versus Dylan Bundy. That sets up well. And then you got this dude, Smeltzer versus Cleveland. Those are probably the hottest offenses right there. So I would say New York, Boston, Angels, Astros, and and Cleveland. Those are the, the five probably best offenses going. And then you, you, you know, you're obviously we're going to talk about um, some other teams, like maybe like the Dodgers potentially being sneaky or Milwaukee being somewhat sneaky. But those are the, the, the top five for me. Did I forget to mention one? Who are you liking? Well, no, the, the obvious one we talked about on the pitching. So let's just look at which matchups are favorable. And then if you really want to dissect players on value, we can. So the Astros at the Orioles are obvious. While Dylan Bundy does have strikeout upside, I just think the Astros are the Astros. Uh, yes, Yankee bats on Sean Reed Foley, 100%. You expect it to happen. Although they should cool off and regress at some point. But I don't know if today is going to be the day they do it. Uh, Braves at Caleb Smith. No, Caleb Smith, he's... You know, if they chase him, it's a different story. But for as long as he stays in, I think he can hold that team yeah, down. Yeah, you don't touch, touch both sides of that. You stay clear. I think you stay clear of Washington and the Mets. Unless you just – if you want to play the Mets card, I'm not trying to joke around right now, but if you want to play the Mets or hot card, they'll be under-owned for Strasburg. But it's more of a, a variance play in, in a deeper lineup. I agree. Um, the Keller-Zimmerman, I don't really like playing Royals. It's a good matchup, but – not so sexy. Getting into L.A. Boston, I think it's the next game where you can attack both sides of that. How do you feel about the the L.A. stack of the Angels and Trout and Upton and the Boston stack that keeps letting me down at least um, of Benintendi, Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Holt maybe, and Betts? Well, Trout, Trout is is uh, priced right at the top. So Yelly is forty nine. Trout's a forty eight hundred dollar guy. So if you're going to build around him, then you really need to get get creative. Um, 
I think Anthony Rendon at 4,400 might be something a, a little bit better than that. I don't like any of the so Boston. Wait, so just because he's playing the uh, Mets, uh, like Rendon no, versus no. righty over yeah, Trout I, versus a lefty? I gotta, over, I'm just saying that you, if you're going to look to – because remember, you, you took $1,100 from me, so now you're going to tell me that I got to find between 4800 and 4400 respectively, so Rendon's 44, Trout's 48. I got to try and save some money, and as I even move down, I see Altuve at 43 against Wade Miley. I think I'm building my lineup around him. Altuve's versus Bundy, but yes, uh, right. I'll be all over Houston. You know, Bundy's either going to go one way or another. He's going to last three innings and get severely blown up, and Baltimore's bullpen is one of the worst in the league, and it's been winning everybody a ton of money. Um, so Houston is just – everybody's going to play Houston hoping Bundy gets out of the game quick, and his bullpen is just going to be devoured for 15 to 18 runs, um, which can easily happen, especially if it's hot in Baltimore. Uh, I think Houston – Houston, New York, Boston, L.A., um, those are going to be the spots that everybody's going to look to attack. And I think Cleveland, um, they've hit their stride, man. You know, so I like them versus righty more than, um, you know, them facing Smeltzer. What do you know about Smeltzer? Can you can you tell the listeners? I know you're you like seeing young boys pitch in spring training in the minor league. So, you know, what do you think about Smeltzer here? I, I mean, he's got an ERA that's at like two three. He's one and one. He's 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 a lefty, and it's just his only poor outing actually came against Cleveland. It was back in June. Uh, he's always a work in progress, and I think, like you said, Cleveland is hot. They're hitting their stride. But the thing about the Twins is, even if Smeltzer gets chased, that bullpen is is nice. Now, That's- how is he? Is he like a hard throwing, like ninety five mile an hour lefty? I haven't watched him pitch, or is he like a crafty? Throwing curveballs and jokes. But I, from what I know, and I use uh, I use BrooksBaseball.net as well as Watch that uh, he can change speed and mix pitches. And the difference that that he brings, especially being a lefty with the pitch tunnel, is that he can change levels on his pitches, and a lot of guys can't. So uh, if it's slider, he can put it as a belt high slider. He can put it as a back foot slider, and that's what they they like about him in in Minnesota. But um, I'm not going to touch this game. Uh, I wanted to point out that I thought it was sneaky, sneaky that uh, uh, Austin Meadows is $4,100, Tampa at Seattle, and Marco Gonzalez is a lefty, but he just gives up home runs. So maybe you want to do uh, some, I wouldn't build a whole team around them, but there's definitely there's definitely options here today, and I like this uh, new format that we've done, which is kind of just finding price-centric yeah, options. Yeah, it's more of, a, more of an open discussion. I, I yeah. do agree. It's more freedom. It's just more thinking. When we're doing this podcast before lineups are out, so this is like a, a first-look kind of podcast where we're kind of diving in for the first time is late on Thursday night. It's actually Friday morning now. So we're diving in and I like the Gonzalez call Tampa Bay. I think if we counted like all the people who won big money this year, um, frequently have won off of Tampa stacks more than any other team. I feel like, because they've had games, a lot of games where they were under 5% owned or under 10% owned. And these guys went out there and put up eight to 10 runs, stole bases, hit home runs, um, they've always been cheap, so you've been able to stack them with, with good pitchers and stuff like that. So Tampa is always sneaky. The park worries me, but they hit in Tampa, so it's not like it's that much of a downgrade. And if you're telling me that Gonzalez gives up home runs, yeah, guys, they have some sneaky bats in his lineup, too, that have some power. And if you can get them cheap enough, um, I would love to see a guy like Pham. If he's he's 3700 that's affordable to me. Avisar Garcia, 3200 
And if the Mets just came, let me ask you a question now, seriously. If the Mets still had Travis Darno, would they be a playoff team? The Mets still have Travis Darno. Why, you see why the guys do you do it? Yeah, I do. But oh, you're saying currently, oh, right now, then yes, it would be a totally different conversation because they would have one more bat that is fearful. They would they would lengthen their lineup in, in quite a way. The the problem that I have with the Mets, and I'll go on and on, is that there's just three bats there, maybe three and a half bats there, and all of them strike out way too much. And the teams that they face in the next 20 games, all they guys do that throw the baseball for those teams are strike guys out. So that's why I don't think they're going to make it. That's all. It's not hatred. It's just stats and facts. <laughs> Woo! Love the facts. Um, facts. Yeah, so Tampa Bay, like if we can get a Tampa Bay stack of Darno, um, Fam, Meadows, and then mix in hopefully somebody cheap like Matt Duffy uh, with yeah, the platoon advantage. I, I like that call. I think that call can definitely work. Nobody's going to play a team um, in Seattle um, late hammer game. If they're going to play any late guys, I don't see it coming from this game. So I think Tampa Bay comes in probably – Five to seven percent owned. So if these guys hit a couple home runs late, you'll make a push up the, you know, you'll make a push up, and you know, at these price tags, you can do a lot with this lineup. I feel like with with like the guys I mentioned, Fam, Garcia, Duffy, and you don't even have to play Meadows. You can just play a guy like Darno. Darno is going to be super, super, super low owned, and that four man stack. Um, pick a picture that Matt liked here. I'll go with Mate Wade Miley. You still have an average of $3,000 per player if you get a four-man Tampa stack um, with the guys I mentioned. So you can pretty much get, you know, most likely, uh, let's see if this works. Let's try an Altuve at second base. Let's try a Correa. Will that work? You can do an Altuve, Correa, and you can probably get one of these cheap outfielders from Houston. Let's see. You can get an Altuve, Redick. That's uh, not going to work. You're going to have to go down a little bit more. You can maybe get Altuve, Regman, uh, Marisnik mini stack. So you have four Tampa Bay bats, three Houston bats with Miley. And then you just need to find a punt of like 2,200. Um, so if I had to look quickly on somebody who's got some nice value, uh, Brock Holt is 2,300, you know, on that Boston team that we spoke about. Jackie Bradley, 2,600. Um, maybe squeezing a sneaky guy like a Chris Davis. I mean, you don't want to really do that because it's it's versus Miley um, and, and a non-platoon. Who knows if he's going to play or fight? Yeah. You got Tony Kemp, um, who's $2,000 versus Cincinnati. That's a, 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 a yeah. good spot potentially there for him. A um, couple of spots here. Nicky Lopez versus Zimmerman. In Detroit, well, he's twenty one hundred. Say Nikki the twenty one hundred. That's the other thing I was gonna say, and then uh, that was really what stuck out to me is that a hundred Dozier and Jorge Soler are priced thirty eight and thirty six respectively, and I just think that we started this whole journey about eleven hundred dollars. Remember. And mm-hmm. then started this section about talking about the high price guys who were 49, 48, 47, 44, went to our 43. We just illustrated how that eleven hundred dollars. If you saved it right and you were correct, you could go and get a, a nice Tampa-Houston blend or get a nice Kansas City-Yankee blend. So I think it's important not to forget that sometimes $1,100 can make or break having a good DFS uh, group of lineups. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also agree with, like, you got to understand, like, if you want to pair the best stack, right, 
and you're really projecting them to score, say, 12 runs per se, your second stack doesn't need to do 12 runs combined as well. You know, your second stack can just be a, a team that puts hits together and they go out there and score five or six runs, but based on the price you're paying for them, you know, they just make sense and they work with the other lineup. Um, and finding those, you know, creative little combinations is what, you know, really, you know, if you don't go to Altuve and you go to a guy like Torres and you try to do a Yankee stack now of Torres and Didi at shortstop, you know, you're, now you're talking about an even cheaper stack with Tampa Bay because Houston's going to be one of your more expensive stacks. So you can definitely get a, a Tampa New York stack with Miley and you have some really cheap um, outfield guys. Well, they got a little bit more expensive, so let me correct myself because Touchman um, was super cheap all week and he's been just lighting it up. Same thing with Sherla. He was super cheap. He was lighting it up, but Mike Ford is still cheap at 2700 So you can get a, a Torres, Gregorius, Mike Ford, and probably a Cameron Mabin. Uh, no, they priced him up too. So you'd have to mix somebody else in for your last you know, your last spot. But at 2700 in the outfield, you can do a lot with that team. And as far as stacking goes, I'll do a little teaching. Uh, Matt, you used to be a teacher, but you know, I'll do a little teaching on this show. Um, when we're talking about stacks, there's a couple different ways you can stack. Um, but the general term of stacking means, you, you know, on FanDuel, you can max play four players from one team as far as hitters go. So a stack potentially can be four guys from one team that you're hoping to blow up the other pitcher, get into bullpen, get extra, you know, at-bats from your players and compound some runs. So a home run for somebody will be a home run, an RBI, a run, and then a run from two other people that are on base compounding the extra RBIs all in one, you know, so you're, you're really getting more from your team. So we can do a stack of four people from one team and four from another or four people from one team, three people from another team and a one-off. A one-off means one guy from a one random team that you like, that you just like that individual matchup for, or he's really cheap and you're hoping to get value out of him. So you can go four, 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 three, one, four, two, one, one, or three, three, two, there's different combinations. Or you can just go, you know, some of my better nights is when I didn't stack at all. My cash lineup, which you typically don't want to stack, you just spread it out and get one or two players from four or five different games. And it can work either way. So it's not something you want to force. But, you know, typically when you have these big GPPs, you need to have the team that scored 12 runs and the other team that scored eight runs. And you have four guys from each of those games or four, three, and one. And one guy is a guy who hit two home runs for a random Cincinnati game, like a Suarez or something like that. So a little knowledge, you know, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about stacks and how to put teams together. And, you know, Matt's idea to kind of break it down a little bit different this way, I think you get more into the heads of us, which could potentially help you craft your lineups and, and really, you know, teach a little bit more about what we're doing instead of just saying, we like this guy, we like that guy. You know, now we're dropping some knowledge that you can go home and hopefully – you know, fish for yourself. Yeah, teach a man. What is it? Uh, give a man to fish, he shall eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, and he shall eat for a lifetime. And if anyone is roaming around in my head, don't tell anybody about the stuff you find in the corners. Uh, he is the author of the Amazon blockbuster, Win Daily, Winning at Daily Fantasy Sports and Life. The one and only Jason Mizrahi. Jay, I had a good time. I appreciate you. And for everybody else out there, make sure you go to windailysports.com. Happy winnings. Good luck. Be safe. Have fun. I'm Matt Stryker. 
We'll see you out there. Later, guys. Have a good weekend.